0: You're listening to episode 18 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm, and insecurities. I'm your host, Katju Barrett. And with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work Confidently be courageous, be curious, because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome back. I have a very special guest joining me today on the Curiosity Couch, and I cannot wait for you to listen in on our conversation. But first things first, Just a reminder, if you're new to the club, then make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the future fun. And be sure to share this episode with any friends, families, colleagues that you think it would resonate with and who would enjoy it. So I'm joined today by the wonderful Lauren Lovett. Lauren is a plant-based chef and entrepreneur. Fresh back from Bali after teaching an advanced raw food class with Alchemy. She is one of the founders of the Plant Hub and Academy in London and the woman behind Feed Your Mind Candy, a project dedicated to delicious food specifically designed to feed your mind. Lauren has openly shared her journey with mental health issues over the years, which led her to discover this burning passion to inspire others through food. Early on in her career, Lauren set up an aspirational vegan restaurant, Asparagasm, which led her to host her own plant-based pop-up nights for some years, which is where she gained her wealth of experience developing recipes, writing menus, and creating events. Subsequently, Lauren went on to lead the plant lab Barcelona Academy, where she fell in love with teaching, sharing, and inspiring a knowledge for plant-based food. With a key eye for plating and a passion for the most vibrant seasonal vegetables, each of Lauren's plates really are a work of art, so be sure to check them out over on her Instagram. I shall be linking it in the, to the show notes. Her style is all about using natural ingredients. Elevated. Most recently, Lauren has set up her own plant academy in East London with the aim of inspiring a passion through plants. Her vision is to create a space accessible to all with a food lab, test kitchen and learning space. The plant academy collaborates with entrepreneurs and visionaries to share forward thinking classes and experiences. Constantly moving towards an even more sustainable, creative and delicious future of food. I absolutely love the work that she's doing and i am very excited to have her join me on the curiosity couch welcome Lauren. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? It's very sunny. We've got the sunshine beaming in. Yeah, thank you for having me. Very nice to have you here. So Lauren and I, uh, well, we didn't meet, but I think we were at Northumbria at the same time with mutual friends, but I think we were both uh, struggling with a lot of mental health issues at the time. Definitely going through a lot (laughs) up at art school, yeah. We were, so yeah, we were both studying creative subjects. I think last week's episode I was sharing... Um, a little bit about my story. And today we're going to talk to Lauren about hers. And firstly, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. What is it you do and how you got to where you are today?
1: Okay, so, yeah, by trade, I guess, I'm a chef. Um, I, well, I'll start with my career rather than the why, I guess. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up, after finishing my degree... I retrained as a chef because I'd really found this passion for food and specifically plant food. So I started seeking out a course or something I could do to really learn some more. And I ended up training as a raw chef. And one thing led to another, lots of kind of meetings and opportunities came up and I ended up opening a restaurant in the Cotswolds. Um, So not all raw, but predominantly, well, all plant based and gluten free. Um, And we were all about kind of creative dining experiences as well as kind of cafe style food by day. And yeah, I mean over the years I continued to learn and train and you know constantly battling that sort of imposter syndrome thinking like why didn't I go to chef school, you know, like why haven't I got some sort of degree? So I continued to do lots of courses and that actually led me to go out to America to train with Matthew Kenney Culinary, which is like a was a very well-respected plant-based school at the time. And yeah, and then subsequently I got offered a job for them, started to teach more, um, closed the restaurant kind of, yeah, in the background it came to a natural end and then I started travelling the world and teaching chefs how to do plant-based food. So yeah, and then that led me to open a school in England. I just knew there's such a gap to actually teach people this stuff and it was really hard to find a cookery course that had that reputation and kind of, had the classical techniques but focused on plants and yeah it didn't it doesn't really exist so much until we started doing this.
0: Oh well, yeah it's amazing. It's so exciting and it's Plant Hub and Plant Hub and the Academy. Isn't yes. it? That's that's yeah. the name it's called and where where is it in London? So
1: we're literally right by London Fields Overground, so wow. Hackney, East London and yeah we've got the plant hub which is the kind of umbrella Kind of brand yeah. um and then within that we have a cafe restaurant gluten-free bakery and the academy so yeah
0: lots of exciting
1: things many things
0: many things and what do you offer at the at the academy so the academy is your is your baby isn't yes, it yes and exactly. what do you offer tell us a little bit about what you do so
1: yeah through the plant academy we do well we started we opened in january Um, we started off just doing kind of shorter day long courses so either working with guest chefs or I would teach myself anything from kind of fermentation to desserts to gluten free baking You know, any of the kind of fundamental and delicious like plant skills so people can come and spend a morning or a day with us and kind of learn something Um, we also do kind of, I've always done supper clubs so we do a lot of kind of dining experiences so whether it's coming to cook and then eat what you've made in, in the evening or coming to a kind of pop-up experience um and then now in the next well actually this week we're starting to do longer courses with guest chefs so we have like two-day workshops when we do things like food photography we're doing two days on food for a happy gut this week with Naomi Devlin which I'm super excited about so all about kind of yeah inspiring because it's the gut brain connection as well obviously so food for a better gut and for a better mind and then we have um amy levin this week who's a raw chocolate like master so i'm super excited about that and then next week and going forward we have five and ten day chef training programs as well as all those, those shorter courses as well
0: very exciting Ooh, yeah. there's so much going so on so much going on uh, you know? it is how do you find it how, how have you found the process of setting up your own school
1: wow well it's it's been one of those things like it's been such a dream for a really long time and especially when you're when you've looked for something so much you know looking for somewhere like where you just want to immerse yourself in kind of all this learning and teachers and different people but what I found is everyone's doing great things there's so many great teachers but it's quite disjointed it's like you know if you go to a yoga studio and you can be like oh there's all these great teachers you pick and choose all the different things you want whereas with food don't really get that you have to go to one person over there fly to america to go to someone else go you know i want to bring everyone together so you could come and be like oh i'm so interested in like fermentation and we've got a few different people maybe teaching and you can really find what resonates with you so you can learn exactly what you want to learn um so yeah it's been very interesting kind of setting up in general we had the idea actually about a year ago so i co-founded the space with um, a guy called David Bez, who used to have um, Salad Pride in Covent Garden. So David is a yeah really great guy in the industry. He's got such kind of vision and all these amazing salad books. And um, we had been working together um, doing some pop-up experiences. And we just really resonated with the kind of provenance of ingredients in and like really delicious vegetable-focused food. So we started to work together and then literally... I think it was about this time last year, maybe just a bit earlier, We David was looking to open something new and I'd been kind of travelling and I'd been abroad and he was looking for a restaurant space, asked if I wanted to be involved and I was like, oh, maybe we could set up a kind of school and a restaurant, kind of knowing there was a bit of a gap to mm-hmm. if you want to teach, there wasn't really a space to do it. So, so yeah, so it's been a kind of year-long process. We, yeah, looking for venues and different things and very lucky in that our now landlord actually just kind of got in touch with David. He's a vegan, celiac, inspiring guy and just loved what David was doing. And And we ended up coming to look at his space and we were like, wow, like, this is it. This has got everything we need. Derelict. And then we were kind of doing it up for ages. So I learnt a lot about well you know I think we have some
0: experiences. <laughs> builders DIY, and and DIY and, oh my gosh yes, I can relate to that in yes. this house where we're recording as I was saying oh. to you we've been doing it up as well but, well exactly yeah. it's one of
1: those things isn't it you're kind of constantly yeah wanting things to happen really quickly but then they want to be you want it to be the right thing and yeah so it's been a process mm-hmm. we um we've had some ups and downs along the way but yeah, we ended up actually just before Christmas. We were halfway through the project and we needed to raise some more funds. Um, so we did a Kickstarter campaign. So that was a big chunk of last year was filming and promoting that, um, which was a huge learning curve. Anyone that wants mm. to do crowdfunding or raise investment, um, I learnt... I, it was like a kind of crash course in how... and Like, what is raising money, whether it's angel investment or crowdfunding or, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I really... That's what I've been learning most about, actually, is how to kind of get that support to to build a business and to really start something. Yeah, because I think, before, I had no idea. Yeah,
0: I bet. Well, how, if you haven't, like I said, a, didn't do a business degree, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, you can have a, like, a passionate idea and really want to do mm-hmm. something. But that so many people struggle with then how, the practical skills. Exactly. I think, actually, that's. Maybe something that would be really good to explore someone maybe in that similar situation that is looking to raise money for something, yeah. What can you say a little bit more about how that worked and what you learned? Yeah,
1: yeah for sure so I mean with our Kickstarter campaign we're actually looking to raise £20,000 so we Yeah, we're looking at all sorts of different things and kind of went friends and family first, which lots of people do, but you get to that point where you're kind of like, okay, like we need this much to go forward in the project. Like obviously had a very good plan about what we needed and where we wanted it to go. Also for kind of when you're setting up a business, that marketing, getting what we were just talking about before we started, but marketing something, letting people know what you're up to and getting them excited about it as well. Obviously when you've got a business where you're trying to sell a service, you really need people that want the service to to come so we kind of thought of it in two angles it was kind of one like filming the video and getting a really clear message across about what we're trying to do was really useful as a team Um, and then it was also kind of the marketing and letting people know it was out there and yeah thinking about the kind of clear business plan going forward but um yeah I mean there's so many options with like crowdfunding and funding in general and I think there's different platforms that are really good for different things like we used kickstarter but i know crowdcube is really good cedars is great if you've got a more established business but I god i was learning all about like equity and how much to give away and if you want to and it was yeah it's like a foreign language and i I did like tiny bit i think i did a business gcse or something but you know when you're like i can't even remember what that involved like yeah it would be very useful to get to do more kind of of these make this information accessible because i think it's yeah a challenge when you're trying to set something up
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely especially coming from as you say, we both have a creative yep. background so we're very good and you're very good at ideas coming up with these ideas yeah, concepts. <laughs> like we're saying how how do you get them over to people how do you get people to come well, how do you how do you make that dream come a reality basically especially exactly. when there's as you have you've got a you know it's a building it's bricks and mortar it's not you know doing it in a desk in your bedroom you need that space mm-hmm obviously that requires a big investment to be able to get that established all the equipment you need or the yeah. every everything there so no i think yeah it's, it's really interesting and to, to share that and i'm sure people will find that really useful yeah well
1: i think it's something we don't talk about enough it's that i think there's a big conversation around kind of like money at the moment as well oh, isn't yeah. it yes. no one wants to talk about it but the yeah. more you do it's so useful when you have your own business when you're you know it's like oh how much would i charge for like a consultancy thing and if you don't talk about it, you have no idea. You're either getting robbed, like, you know, from whatever, or you're just, like, putting figures out there that are unrealistic. And it's... Yeah, I think there's a huge conversation to be had around all of that kind of... Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you're saying, there's lots of money, money yeah. mindset things around at the moment. I've Something I've talked about, actually, this week, and I know Jodie Shield for one is talking hugely yep. about it. And it's made me realise as well, you know, how... You know, it isn't talked about enough, and how yeah. useful that like you said. If you're so in your own useful. business, you it's just need that, to like know. you
1: need to have your friends that you can mm. just. And it shouldn't be a thing. It's just yeah. a such a straightforward thing about like how much should that be, and just being really open about it. And then that means there's a level play of playing field for everyone.
0: Yeah, no, I think so. that's that's so right. It's definitely important. Like little, you know, like we're doing now, yeah. starting that conversation needs to happen, and then hopefully as lots of things over time it will become more comfortable because it, it, exactly. it is uncomfortable for, for lots of people. And to admit that they want to earn money. Yeah. You can do your passionate thing, as we're both working in areas that we're very passionate about, but we want to earn money as well. We, were talk- we want facials, <laughs> like we were talking about. Exactly. <laughs> we want to go for facials and have massages and have, you know do the things that make us feel good. Yeah. And So it's fine. You In order to do those things, you need money. So Exactly. Yeah. we'll break the stigma break the stigma yeah we definitely need to do that so you um so tell us a little bit more about the the message you're saying about who what your message is and you became clear with the plant hub and the academy tell us a little bit more about that and who's it for
1: cool so yeah we um the whole idea is to kind of nurture people's plant curiosity inspire passion in other people so that they can use like food skills to really do their own thing and also reconnect people with real ingredients like the vegan scene especially is huge right now and obviously we're a plant-based business but I feel like there's still quite a gap to create really delicious interesting wholesome food that isn't imitation this or that but just real ingredients and so with the Academy especially, we're about getting people cooking again and teaching really kind of fundamental techniques and easy things to do that can just, like, take your eating and basically life to another level. So whether you, like, learn about how to do like, this amazing little ferment or how to kind of, you know, make a really good sauce or, you know, but things that can really be quite enjoyable to do. And then once you're at home kind of doing it, you think, oh, I really, like, feel confident, I feel good. I feel like I can, like, look after myself that little bit better and just enjoy, like what I'm eating a little bit more so so yeah I mean the academy that's kind of the premise and then it is about making cookery classes more accessible as well like it's so fun on us, like the weekend to just go and go to a class do something whether it's kind of you know yoga or learning a new skill but I think cookery is something still that people you see a culinary academy and you're kind of like oh gosh like you know what do they do in there and you don't feel necessarily like it's like for you to go but the great thing about plant hub is we have um obviously when you arrive you've got the gluten-free bakery we've got a shop you walk in you've got kind of welcoming cafe then there's a kind of petition in between the academy in the school which is like a kind of glass window so everyone sitting in the cafe can just watch what we're doing in the school and that i've really really seen that we have a huge percentage of people that come on the classes have never taken any classes before and that's so unique because i know from doing a lot of classes at different schools that most people are kind of seasoned like cookery class takers and they um yeah it's nice to have people that are really fresh to learning cookery because they're normally foodies anyway but they just haven't been on a course so um
0: yeah yeah I love it I just love it all and, and as I was saying in the in in the introduction if you haven't looked at Lauren's Instagram and the photos of her food and the plant Hub as well and all the photos from the academy, they it's so beautiful, the way that I awesome. often, the amount of people when I'm sort of scrolling through and I see your pictures come up, I show them like, look at that, that is amazing. Because if anything is ever gonna persuade people that vegan food does not have to be rabbit food mm-hmm. or that overly processed replacement replica yeah, exactly. food, which, you know, no, <laughs> it is your your the work you do in your place, because they're so beautiful, such works of art. It, on the plates and I love it it's so, oh, it's so it's so beautiful looking at those and it makes you know me excited excited about food and I, I know that lots of people do you know that's the whole point and that, that it's so important to engage people in what they're eating and how they're eating yeah we're exactly
1: before. well this is the thing and that's kind of what we're doing with Plant Hub in general like with David is focused on the cafe and we also have our third um co-founder who's Antonio who's an amazing gluten-free baker and chef And we do these, like, really nourishing bowls and obviously all the breads are kind of handmade, gluten-free, like, delicious. We lace everything with, like, you know, a bit of hemp seed or seaweeds. We try and use predominantly British produce, but we do still do, you know, like, the burgers and things. But they are the best things we could possibly do. No imitation, full of Mm. veggies and just something that people can be familiar with and hopefully can just, like, kind of break down some barriers so you can come and have the burger the first time. Next time you might have a kind of, like, we do amazing, like, um... Gluten-free gnocchis, pastas. We're doing pizzas and all sorts of things, but it's you know using familiar food, but really doing it in the most kind of wholesome and seasonal way possible. So
0: yeah, I'm hungry now, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, my too. stomach just went all, and I was like, oh, why is South London so far away from that? <laughs> to Next go against some food. To plan a trip. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So can you tell us now a little bit about how you got to where you are and your journey? I know you've talked a lot on your various platforms about your mental health journey and everything. Can you tell us a little bit about your story?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, I guess like many people in the food industry, I went and studied something totally different. So at school I was really creative. I kind of thought, oh, I, I love art. Like I would love to kind of do something really in that field. So I went and I did an art foundation, um at Oxford Brooks and I lived a very rock and roll lifestyle like food has always been like my kind of grounding like I've since I was a kid I've you know I used to come home from school and cook three course dinners for my family like I used to love like perfecting souffles and like even back in the day like kind of filleting fish and butchery and like I was fascinated just by those kind of techniques but I never thought it could be a career so when I went to art school I was kind of, I remember like the, literally the first day I got there I was cooking a roast dinner for the whole building. I was like, oh everyone can come we'll have like a roast dinner. I did this like thing and um, so food was always like there in the background but I was never thinking this could be a thing and um, so yeah and then obviously going off to uni, met so many different people, um, ended up meeting this guy who was a photographer and he was so talented but... The more, like, well, it, within that year he got diagnosed with bipolar. Um, we fell in love. We were, like, kind of had this crazy, like, year together. Um, but he was going through his own challenges at that time with many different demons. But bipolar was this kind of diagnosis that he got. And we were well, collectively, not just between ourselves, but with our friends as well. You know, everyone was kind of like, what? You know, what is this? We were all kind of looking it up, trying to find out how we could help. And find out like the symptoms or like he was getting prescribed with all sorts of different antidepressants and we were kind of like you know reading these lists of the what could go wrong when you take them and we were like what is this thing you know how and it was such a shadow on our lives like it would you know especially with bipolar in particular it's like up and down and trying to everyone is so different and trying to manage that I had I don't think I'd to that point I was like 18 I maybe I'd had a few friends that had struggled with small minor things but nothing to this level it seemed like a huge thing so um so yeah we went on this journey together and then at the end of the year we went off to different art schools so I went up to Northumbria to do fashion um he went off to LCC to study photography and again it was it was a really difficult time like obviously with everything kind of going on and our relationship also was kind of on the rocks being in different places was super difficult and um anyway one day it's gets a bit dark but I just woke up to a phone call and his twin brother just phoned me and said that he had committed suicide so um literally my world collapsed like as you can imagine and um yeah from there I I think I was well I was in post-traumatic stress for kind of eight well at least a year and then from there I developed my own like eating disorders and it was just a way of coping I remember being like sad for a year like constantly like not knowing how to control myself. And then suddenly that stopped. I was just like, food was my, like, control. So for many, many years, I just got, I, yeah, a whole concoction of, like, anorexia and, um, well, all sorts of different things, but it got really intense. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up moving to London. I was still working in fashion at the time. And, yeah, it just... It was awful, like it was so deep but long story short I had to move back home I kind of couldn't live at uni anymore I was still trying to finish this degree and well I I had a lot of support, I was getting counselling and I was you know really trying to work out kind of how I could get better but I didn't necessarily want to get better, it was really a coping mechanism for me because yeah I think lots of people that go through that kind of thing it's very hard to know like in what way you can kind of put it realize kind of what has happened and move forward and anyway so something suddenly clicked and I was like right I actually I don't even I still don't even know what it was but I, I was back home with my family and I was going to acupuncture I was seeing a therapist and that acupuncture really really helped and one day I just felt like okay like something eased and I wanted to get better and then from there I'd been obviously being foodie anyway I'd been doing a lot of research kind of positive and negative about nutrition and like what to do and I had unlocked this kind of world of ingredients and especially this was just before wellness was a thing so um I was kind of aware of like bloggers and I think maybe Instagram was just on the brink of beginning so I've been following things and anyway so I wanted to get better and I thought right how am I going to do this I I basically should have been sect- sectioned but I kind of hid letters and refused to go and I thought I-, I need to do this myself, I need to work out how I can get better and like this will be kind of like my challenge and I really like delved into food and re- and reconnecting with food and cooking was something that really helped me just as a form of kind of therapy but also plant food in particular when I when I started to eat properly again I- my body had been so deplenished I couldn't eat dairy, I couldn't eat gluten like it just wasn't working like it was so by kind of default one thing led to another and I was definitely eating more more plants and by unlocking these new ingredients I had no barriers towards like you know like goji berries or avocados I don't I don't really remember having these things as a kid I don't know we're from the same era but I feel like we it was more like wholesome stuff when we were younger but this was all kind of like new interesting food and that just changed my life like being able to have these things that i could kind of enjoy and create and literally feel them like re-nourishing my myself was yeah it was incredible so um so yeah then it turns into quite a long story but the um i was finishing my degree and i decided to write a book about rebranding mental health with the trend towards healthy living so how to make everything i'd learned accessible and cool because I knew, even, well, even at that point, with my friends and people around me at the time, they were kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're you know eating all these crazy foods. And it was just, like, the things that we're actually probably quite familiar with now. But, you know, baking gluten-free breads or, you know, having delicious, like, salad bowls and whole grains, healthy fats. Like, really just having an abundance of ingredients and spending time to make things that were t- really delicious. Um, so I wanted to encapsulate kind of everything I'd learned and even talking about kind of lifestyle and yoga and you know things that were still very new to me at that time so yeah i wrote a book at uni um it was called the recipe for Wellbeing. so and it was a like kind of lifestyle book um showing people how you could live in a way that better feeds your mind and then that actually is so i did the book finished my degree and at that point was when i retrained as a chef so i thought oh, i just want to go and so i just started doing loads of courses and thinking like right how can i learn more i want to like suck everything in And the book actually is what enabled me to start meeting people and maybe after about a year I set up a wellness consultancy business so I was advising brands like how to incorporate more wellness into their kind of businesses and I met an amazing woman who had actually a pub in the village that I was living at the time, she had a company called Asparagasm which was a pop-up dining club in London, one of the first that was doing like aspirational vegan fine dining and she'd recently opened this pub in the Cotswolds she had a standalone vegan menu i was just i had about six jobs trying to kind of work out what i wanted to do all in you know cafes food doing my consultancy anyway kate just i she i heard that she wanted to open a permanent space and i used to be like oh god how can i get involved in this you know and you're just watching from the distance <laughs> like please let me in you know and um we really clicked and we were really both passionate i don't i wasn't actually quite vegan at the time but um i was really curious about what she was doing and she found a venue, said, Would I like to come on as the manager because she could tell I was really passionate? I was like, oh my god, so I dropped everything, started um helping her to set up. I was like helping to write the menus, creating this cool little business, and um then I eventually went vegan, kind of I was talking to her more and realised the kind of environmental impacts and just everything, you know, and I was just so curious to see like, you know, what this could be. And yeah, so we opened asparagasm and that is really what has given me this portal into like knowing about food I within weeks our executive chef left I just was the chef I was like oh my god so I was managing a team managing all the budgets like designing menus doing pop-up things catering it was all kind of like oh my god what am I doing but I just learned as I went and then from there I think that has opened so many things so like the mind food is like my why like I really care about people not even well learning how to look after themselves yes but also like unlocking that passion. Like once you learn to do any skill, you can think, oh, what do I really care about? How can I do my own thing? So the yeah, the mind food is my why and the kind of like food and cooking and restaurants is kind of the how I get my message to people in a bit of a roundabout way. So
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. well wow, thank thank you so much for sharing yeah. that with us. And I think your story is so inspiring the fact that you went from such darkness, such a such a challenging you know what must have been such a challenging time mm-hmm. to where you are now and you've found the light in the dark situation and you made something that was you know so so horrible and so sad into such a positive thing and to share that message now with people yes. is incredible and how does it feel to know especially from where you were and knowing where you are now yeah how does that feel
1: Gosh, to have made that. It's, I was thinking about that this morning. Actually, I was like, "Yeah," on the way to coming over here, and it's it's crazy how you can be in such a dark place and not not really even want to see a way out, and you just kind of think like, you know, what's what's the point? Where am I going with this? And yeah, it is. I I find such kind of grounding now to really think back to those times and think about like because what I really want to do is be able to help people that are in those situations. Sometimes, you know, when you kind of on, I mean, mental health is on so many levels, and I think even you can just be functioning totally normally but been going through something really tough and I think, like, those, like, any people, well, all people that go through those times, it's kind of how can I still get this message to them and it's not always about looking after your mental health. Sometimes it's just about, like, enjoying more plants but I think if you can better support yourself generally through food and you're, you know, you've got that such good grounding of, like, you know, I feel great because I'm really, you know, I know what I need and I'm tuned into what I kind of can, what makes me feel good then if you do go through a kind of rocky time then you've got that kind of base already but yeah it's it is um I mean I still yeah find it quite crazy to look back and it's no, it's been maybe like eight nine years now since this kind of started um but yeah it is it's it's crazy I still kind of feel it feels like another life in a way but it's good to be able to think back and really just be like right I'm that's always, the. I really want to be able to, if I know, I don't want to look back in that way, but if I knew then what I knew now, I know I would have been able to do so much to help. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's really getting this to other people so that they can help, you know, everyone can help each other to just, yeah, feel good.
0: And what would be your, your biggest messen- messages for people perhaps going through similar things, whether it's someone close to them has committed suicide, PTSD or eating disorders? Yeah. What would be yeah, your biggest, bit of advice or messages for them
1: i think in those situations people are really often telling you like how you should feel like especially i know especially with if someone when someone commits suicide it's kind of like i, I remember questions like oh are you you're are you feeling better yet or like you know it's, or you know but how long you know how long do you think it will take like with the grief like process or you know like these funny questions and you're like no i'm not, like you can't put a timeline on these things i think there can be a lot of pressure to just fit in with what people think you should be doing same with eating disorders you know oh but you know once you've been ill for a year then it should take you maybe six months to get better it's like who says that like I mean you can maybe you know there might be studies or whatever but everyone is so different I think taking that pressure off yourself and if you need to just like be in that place and you know really feel into how you're feeling like it's there's so much kind of expectation on so many things about and you put it on yourself as well But, and I know it's a really hard thing to do, is to just kind of take the pressure off and be like, no, this is how I feel. But sometimes you'd like, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be, like, really, really sad, or it's okay actually not to feel anything. Like, if you need to do that for a little bit of time, or when something really dark happens, to have a day that's okay and not be like, oh my god, like, I actually feel okay today. You know, there can be such guilt around these things as well. So... I think, I mean, I, yeah, remember putting a lot of pressure on myself to kind of feel a certain way or just or to just carry on as normal. And sometimes you can't carry on as no- normal and sometimes you can. But, like, I think it's, yeah, just being kind of kind to yourself is the main takeaway, I guess.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so many people struggle with that. And it's, you know, we're in a society where doing is, is rewarded yeah. so much. And sometimes just sitting with what you're feeling, even when that what you're feeling is horrendous Mm -hmm. and that can be really hard we all want to feel good all the time but that isn't you know we're not going to feel all good all the time of that's you know life you need that balance between the two and I think when you've perhaps slipped down the slope and and mental illness you've slipped sort of into that realm of mental illness it must and I know you know from my own experience with it it's so difficult to see the light in the way out and you're desperately trying to claw your way back to that baseline of just being okay or yeah but i think part of it is not resisting it and realizing that this right now this is how i feel yeah i won't feel like this forever and that is what the light in the that's tunnel the is thing,
1: isn't it and it's like yes knowing that like and, and that's i think we're so lucky now with podcasts and social media you can hear other people's stories and know that there's hope and then also like finding that support like speaking to someone reaching out to them people on the whole well everyone wants to help and finding people in your circle that you can just like kind of have a like tea with and just talk about it or listen to something that you can be like okay like I can you know see that someone else has been on that journey maybe I can you know just hear how someone else has got through it is really helpful but yeah looking I think it's accepting where you are and just looking for support that feels right for you Mm -hmm. yeah
0: definitely I think it's so true that what is amazing especially around the conversation on mental health in the past five six years certainly since we since after we started our sort of journey with it uh both of us it, there's so much more information accessible and i you know it's it's amazing i think for young people now who are going through similar things that i didn't have and that, and that you have yeah there's so much more with the podcast with you know people talking openly about it which is amazing and i certainly struggled to find you, you mentioned like to find something that resonated mm. with me and that that helped me shift and click one day that did happen the same as you, you yeah. talked about one day you just something like I I want to get better now and you have to get to that point yeah you can't have change forced upon you no
1: it has to come from within and it's that and that's the hardest thing is it's you can't really I'm sure you're the same you don't necessarily know exactly what it was but it you have to wait for it to just come from you and it can't come from yeah external
0: forces yeah I think it's well. it keep doing the things that make you feel good, as you were saying, and one day, whether that's reading books, self-development books, for me it was reading self-development books and watching YouTube videos of um, self-development, learning about mindfulness, suddenly those little things accumulate and one day, not necessarily one day, for me it wasn't like a... a, a Yeah, like a gradual... Yeah, a gradual process, and then suddenly you realise, oh, hang on a sec, life is worth living for, Mm. and there are good things, and you see things differently. Was there anything in particular, whether a person, a book back then that really helped you on your kind of journey to getting better?
1: Well, I mean, the thing, yeah, it's a few things. But, I mean, I was going to acupuncture at the time. I never thought it would be a thing because someone had recommended it and I used to think, like, how is that going to, you know... But something about that, it really, it just unleashed... So I had that kind of, yeah, the support with acupuncture and kind of... I was exploring, like, alternative therapies that are just kind of curious. But, I mean my mum was such a big kind of grounding through, she was so stable, and you know, and you're like, wow, like, if you can be okay, like, maybe I can be okay, because, crazy, but, um, but yeah, and then I think, yeah, having people that you can really, like, lean on, or whether it's a friend, or someone in your family, or whatever, that was the thing that really helped me back then, but I think since now, if I kind of go through difficult times, or I'm, you know, there's always kind of wobbles, but, um, I now listen to a lot of, Podcast, which I find really, really useful to hear other people's stories. Um, and what do I, I really like, like, Brian Gordon's, like, Mad World is really good. Like, I mean, quite stereotypical words. Like, Fern Cotton's Happy Place, I love. Yeah, me too. Um, what else? There's, There's been so many things over the years that I, I can always send you some more yeah, in we
0: the Yeah, we'll, we'll put them in the show notes. Put them in the show yeah, notes. But I agree. I think it's... that. For me, it's that constant learning Mm. process, which has been your kind of journey as well. We have to progress. We have to learn. We have to be on that journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And that's where you kind of get, would you agree that that's sort of how you've done it? And
1: it's just putting yourself out there. Like, I remember I was going on all these courses and just for me at that time, actually, being around other people that were just like, regular, I guess, and I was kind of having this internal battle about food. Like, even when you turn the corner, obviously there's still some stuff there that you need to shift. And I remember doing courses in particular. I used to go down to Trill Farm, um, and work with a lady called Daphne Lambert and she does this seasonal nutrition course and just like it was so kind of holistic. We were like foraging and talking about like you know, bits of nutrition and then we'd make, like, community meals and just being around people and being like, okay, that's what... You know, everyone's just enjoying food and they're, you know, some people are eating a lot, some people, like, just picking, like... And that's fine. And just to kind of normalise it, you know? Be like, okay, this is what other people do and, like, just be in the swing of... I think cookery courses is something that really helped me, like, break down some barriers cos, like, seeing, yeah, other people eat normally and also realising you can, like, overindulge and eat, like, everything you've made and just enjoy it great. And sometimes you, let just... You're like, oh no, I really that's not making me feel good. I don't want to, but not feeling that necessity of like this is how I should do or shouldn't eat anything or should eat everything or yeah, yeah
0: exhausting. That, it's so important, I think, to find that because obviously, when you're in the grips of anxiety or depression and, and mental health um, or mental illnesses like that, all you want to do is stay at home, yeah, and you want to, you know, that's what kind of tends to happen. And if you don't push your boundaries, that uncom- that kind of uncomfortableness always, whether you're you're suffering from mental illness or not, that little area of discomfort, which perhaps like going to what yeah. like you did, pushing yourself from going to yeah. those, those stores, that's where growth happens. That's where you realise exactly. what you said.
1: And it's finding people that you resonate with. I remember at that time as well, I, there was a guy called Rob Reese and he had um, a charity called the Wiggly Worm Charity and they used to, the thing was like to help people do better through food. And I was just, I think I'm just Googling like, you know, mental health, food, like, you know, anyway, he had this amazing thing where he would, we spent the summer going round schools, teaching kids how... We were making, like, apple, like, healthy apple crumbles with these kids at, like, 7am in the morning at their school assemblies. And, you know, we are doing things like that. And then we were also working with adults with really intense, like, mental health challenges. And I could see on both levels people connecting with food, showing up, being part of a team. Not that they wanted to, you know, do anything seriously with food, but that kind of was so powerful for me to see how much of an impact it was having, and I at that time I wasn't even better myself like I was you know working with these people that I was definitely on on the right path but people that had like you know severe like schizophrenia or you know um like autism autism and different things and it really helped me to just kind of like teach them because I knew a lot about food anyway so teaching kind of culinary skills and just seeing people kind of connect with it and then you know tasting things together and I it was really helpful to just kind of be in that environment like okay like this is so helpful to other people and it's been helpful to me to see how he kind of really put it into practice
0: yeah no, that's amazing yeah. and you can really see, when you sort of talk about all the things that you've done you can see how that journey oh, Nixon, that thread yeah. yeah I love it it's, you've done some really fascinating stuff yeah. and I love that Thanks. now what what do you do is there anything sort of practices or you know methods techniques that you do now to help keep your mental health on track
1: yeah definitely so I think I mean I've learned over the years like obviously doing all these different things, especially having asparagus, and I was there 24-7, just, like, you know, smashing it, thinking, like, I, you know, I really have to be here all the time, and being really busy, and over the years I've learned, actually, like, you really have to take time, give yourself time, and, like, nothing, if you're just stuck somewhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, you're not going to be able to, kind of, enjoy your life, and, like, also, like we were saying earlier, about, like, marketing, and, you know, seeing what else is out there, connecting with people, seeing what other opportunities lie, and, like, Now I really find, like, my time is really sacred. I always make time to do things that I like, Um, whether it's kind of, like, if I I teach abroad a lot and travel and I always make sure that I have at least a few days just to kind of ground, see where I am, like, you know, standard practices every day, so I'm kind of, I always do yoga in the mornings, like, I'll make sure I'm kind of, like, I eat really well in general but I'm always kind of you know making sure I'm in balance and doing things that I like to do but it really is giving yourself time like I'm quite a late person I put quite a lot of pressure on myself to do like a hundred things and yeah I've learned the hard way that you really have to kind of be like no nope, I'm doing this today and just like that's the line and I'm just put, putting up those boundaries to just be like I'm doing this for me and trying really hard not to feel guilty that you're not you know sending another email or whatever Because you can't do that all the time you've got to do your own Stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. We, we were talking before mm-hmm. starting, um, starting the recording about how having your own business that you're so passionate about, you're doing a hundred different roles yep. and you're just one person. And setting those boundaries are hard. It's, it's so hard. Really hard. It's you often want. The only thing I'm coaching people on is how to set boundaries, having mm-hmm. the confidence to set boundaries and knowing your self-worth, which is, you know, you're yep. now there, but perhaps, perhaps you haven't, haven't always been. I'm wondering whether... My sort of last question I want to ask. What would be... If you could go back now to your 20-year-old self... Yep. What would you say to her? Gosh. Um...
1: Well, I was... Yeah, I was deep in the... I mean, the thing is, I think it's... At that point, I really needed to see the light. I had no idea what... I'd never... I think before all of this, I didn't really know what my thing was and I was you know when you're kind of like oh I don't you know I don't know everyone's in that and it's hard to know kind of what you want to do what your passion is and I think it it's really to just (laughs) this is I was literally this on the tip of my tongue it's like to be curious and just embrace that I didn't mean for that to be so on brand
0: (laughs) but, but it
1: is and I think you can be so like you should do this you should do that and it's like just like try and just even if i know people have busy lives and busy jobs but if there's something you're curious about like try and go and do it like if it's kind of i want to learn how to do facials like maybe find out like go for a facial and like learn like or find a new practitioner that maybe you could learn something from or like if you're you know curious about yoga and you're not going to be you know going to yoga class every day but maybe just try one like you know and i think back then i was i was i was definitely very i've always been quite kind of adventurous and wanting to see stuff but it's all that pressure of like oh no you need to keep moving forward and working really really hard and it's like you like it's great to have that work ethic for sure but you know just be curious about your other things like what else do you want to do like what kind of sets your soul on fire and how you can kind of do something like a weird thing that you're kind of interested in like just feel enough freedom to just go and do that as well as like pursuing you know the bigger dreams as well
0: yeah, definitely. I think that's so important. And so, because so many people, especially in our 20s, struggle with, but I don't know what I want for yeah. life. I don't know what I'm doing. And it, except that that's okay. No yeah. one does. I think, no you know. No one does. <laughs> well, we don't know, don't know what the hell we're doing. We're well, just exactly, gonna doing. Yeah. <laughs> just doing it. <that>. We're <laughs> just, just doing I know this, but because we have been curious. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, our, our, the fact that that word came up for you and the reason why it kept coming to me for this podcast mm. is, you know, our, our Journeys are quite aligned and our are, are whys are quite aligned with things. But I think that is the key is that allow yourself to investigate things and be curious about yourself. So if that starts with, you know, what do I want? What yeah. do I enjoy? And trying things and then realising, God, no, I did not yeah, like that. And, be, and
1: being like, I hate that. And that's yeah. great to know what you don't yeah. like as well. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I started. You have to know what you know what you what who you are and what you're about then figure out what you don't want and eventually that will lead you to the things you do like and just keep keep going with it and also realizing I was talking with a friend yesterday about it's okay to enjoy things and it not have to be a big deal just do yes, it for the fun of it do it exactly. for the pleasure do it to play
1: yeah and don't do it because, yeah it doesn't have to lead somewhere mm. it's just kind of yeah just doing it because it's fun for now and it doesn't have to turn into your like next career move but just kind of you know embracing that
0: yeah definitely i couldn't agree more Mm. well let people can we let people know where they can find you where what yeah instagrams yeah for sure
1: so um well if you want to actually come and see us in person come to the plant academy and plant hub which is 217 Street, but literally right by london fields overground um if you want to find me then i'm at lauren underscore lovett And what I didn't really touch on is I do um, Feed Your Mind Candy, which is my kind of supper club experience that's all about inspiring and expressing better mental health through food. So we connect with all sorts of cool brands and people and pioneers kind of in the industry because the mind food thing is still maybe slightly disjointed and we're really about kind of delicious food coming together like using food on so many levels to inspire better mental health but also using kind of sprinkles of like interesting superfoods or adaptogens to really elevate the mood of these kind of events so um yeah at feed your mind candy um is my kind of specific mental health project and yeah and then at plant academy uk is the school so many things and we teach the mind candy classes so workshops on food and mental health from the school as well so Many different things. Really, have so much
0: going on. So do go and check out all the wonderful projects that Lauren is working on. And thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode. As always, if anything has resonated with you today, then please reach out to me. And if you want to know more about how we could work together, then you can read about my curiosity coaching program in the bio or check out my website, www.katrybarrett.com. And until next time, stay curious.